News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Now, reports across the papers this morning suggest that the moratorium on evictions is not going to be extended. Cabinet will meet this morning to sign off on a decision made uh, by the coalition leaders late last night, allowing the ban to begin to lapse as planned at the end of this month. And for more on this, we're joined now by Aubrey McCarthy, chairman of the Tiglin Homeless Service and Richard Boyd Barrett, People Before Profit TD. Aubrey, you, I, I know you're not like anti the, the uh, eviction ban, but on balance, you think that perhaps, am I right, that it, it, it's not a great move to keep it? Well, it's, what it is, is it's a sticking plaster. When the government introduced the eviction ban in October 22, it was for six months, and the idea was to delay anybody being evicted. So we hopefully would have a further supply. The eviction ban does not supply housing stock, and the key solution here is supply. So that's where we're going wrong. Uh, what we are doing is delaying the inevitable. And the eviction ban, although it would be helpful to extend it, it doesn't solve the problem. What it does, it prevents people from ending up in the streets, but that's a short-term solution. Okay. Richard, I, 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 am I presuming that you would prefer that the addiction ban, the addiction, the eviction ban rather, was, was extended? Yes. I mean, obviously, it is absolutely correct, as Aubrey said, to say it doesn't provide the public and affordable housing that we desperately need, but it does prevent people ending up in homelessness. And we are still in emergency situation because they're simply the the government's delivery of social housing is a trickle. It's pathetic. It's not nearly enough to meet uh, the need that is out there. And, you know, despite successive promises about affordable housing schemes, there's nothing affordable. Rents are off the charts out there. House prices are off the charts. So in the current emergency situation to lift this ban is going to mean thousands more people are going to end up homeless and to my mind that's just not okay. acceptable. And, and can, I, can I ask you about the, I suppose the flip side argument uh, Richard if, if the eviction ban prevents other landlords from entering the market or it pushes landlords in the market out of the market because they're unhappy with, with the regulations and the eviction ban ultimately it's, it could be counterproductive. Is, is that not fair enough? Well, I I would first of all argue that uh, they can't take their houses with them. In other words, the government can and should, and we've been arguing for some time, buy properties where landlords are exiting the market. Uh, And that would prevent people being homeless um, and it would increase the public housing stock. Uh, And the government have said under pressure they're going to do this, but in reality they're not really doing it in any substantial way uh, on the ground. Secondly, I don't think there's actually... Uh, much evidence that the number of tenancies, in fact, I suspect the number of people in tenancies has dramatically increased. So yes, some accidental landlords may be leaving the market, but I think the number of of private rental tenancies has actually probably increased. We did have Marion Finnegan, who's the the managing director of Sherry Fitzgerald on yesterday, Richard, and she said in in the past we've had up to 20,000 nationally properties available to rent. Currently we have about 2,000, though about 10% of what we used to have. So so uh, it is factual that, that the rental market has shrunk for whatever reason. I can't tell you why that might be. It's factual that the number of properties available to rent has shrunk. Yeah. But it's not factual to say that the number of uh, rental tenancies has shrunk. In fact, 
I think all the evidence would suggest that the number of people in private rental accommodation has dramatically but it, but, increased. But, but, if, but it's if, not meeting If the, the available properties are so, so much <clears> reduced, is that not what, what's causing the upward pressure on rent? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. But although, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that is the case. But what I'm simply stating the fact that the number of people in rental accommodation is 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 greater now than it's probably ever been. In okay, the, but our po- uh, yeah, but our population is also greater. I, I suppose my only point is 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 that we know the rental market appears to be shrinking in terms of its availability, and the the eviction ban is being cited as one of the reasons for that. I, I don't believe that's the main reason landlords are exiting the market. I think they're exiting the market because property prices are at an absolute record high, and they're cashing in on high property prices. In fact, ironically. The dysfunctionality of the housing market, which has driven prices up very high, is probably the thing that's incentivizing people to cash in uh, and capitalize on high property prices. Okay. But I think the, the, the real solution is obviously for the state itself to deliver on a no, large and, and I, I think public mo- and affordable Most people housing. would absolutely agree with you. But before I, I come back to Aubrey, can I just ask you, I, I hear what you're saying. You think they're capitalizing on high prices. But if it's an investment property, the thing that, that keeps people in the market is is what they make on that investment property. If you've loads of money, the, the, the fact that your investment is worth a lot of money is grand. But if you're making money on that investment, you're probably still happy enough. They're, they're exiting the market. So so they believe that they're not getting a yield that justifies the hassle or, or, or whatever it is. And some of that could be the eviction ban. Sorry, is that a question to Aubrey? Or no, me? to you. To you. Kira, I'm going to bring Aubrey back in <clears throat> in a moment. Um. I, I don't. I, I honestly do not believe there's any serious evidence that that is the reason they're leaving, and I, I think it is they're cashing in. Even uh, though they're say the, they're saying that's the reason they're leaving, Richard. Yeah, and I mean I, the other point I see I would make in this, Kira, in the in the rest of Europe, you are not allowed. Generally speaking, in most countries, you are not allowed evicted tenant if you're selling a property. And that's one of the major reasons people are ending up homeless at the moment. That, in other words, in, in the rest of Europe, if, if you have a tenant in your property and you want to sell it, you sell it with the tenant in it. So it is an investment property. It is a rental property and it is sold as such. Uh, but here... Uh, we are quite, we're outliers in Europe in having this situation where the selling of a property is the justification for making people homeless. And okay. I think it is absolutely scandalous. Let me bring Aubrey back in. Aubrey, you've heard everything that, that, that Richard has to say. What, what's your view on, on that, but also on, on well, what again, needs to happen? Just, like, I look at what Richard has just mentioned, and I remember Senator Mary Fitzpatrick brought in the idea that um, when houses are being sold by a landlord, that the local authorities can buy the house with the uh, resident, the tenant in situ and that has worked and that's not a eureka moment that is something that should be followed through and if you look at the growth in the population of 10 percent over the last 10 years we need 40,000 units residential units every year so the idea is to clear the blockages um if you remember at the opening of one of tiglin's housing facilities in nace last year the president michael d higgins said we are not dealing with a crisis we are dealing with a disaster and this is our great great yeah. great failure before coming in here, I looked to see how many properties were available in Dublin. For a population of a million people, over a million people, there's 500 properties. I know. Where you're in Greystones, there's four properties listed. That is not a solution to housing. We need more supply. And for approved housing bodies such as Tiglin, Peter McVerry, Clude, etc., we need to be able to have streamlined pathways to be able to get planning, 
funding, yeah. all of the councils to sit down. And I believe this is easily solved, but we are not treating it as a crisis. If you look when COVID broke, if you look when the Ukrainian war broke out, we had people deployed from various departments and we worked together as the Irish do just no, absolutely. And, and I know you guys do great work. And look, thank, thank you for that. Before I let you go, Richard, can I just ask you one question? Yeah. Um, we, we had uh, Neil Richmond of Fine Gael on earlier about Sinn Féin. I know you're not going to do Sinn Féin, but about Sinn Féin. What they're saying is hiding from questions about their financial future. You said about Pascal Donoghue that he was, people for profit said about Pascal Donoghue about his issues with SIPO, that he was flagrantly in breach of election rules and it was not credible that he should continue as minister. What do you make of what's happening and what we're seeing with regard to uh, financial irregularities and Sinn Well, I I think SIPO are the people to deal with it. And uh, that's what we said, indeed. I think it was Paul Murphy put in uh, a a complaint to SIPO to investigate. Uh, And I I think that on the Pascal Donoghue case, and I I think that's... Were you doing that about about Sinn Féin? Sinn Féin were looking at at much much larger sums of money. As as I understand it, SIPO have have said everything is is in order. So I think the, the CEPO are the body that are supposed to investigate. I, I, that, I don't believe that's the case. I, I, I think CEPO are, are looking into this. I don't think they have uh, adjudicated in any way on this at the moment. I mean, I think if there's, if there's, if there, but I, Sinn Féin are maintaining that there is no irregularities. I think CEPO so, so was the body Pascal, to investigate. I'm just saying, are, do you, but, do you well, feel no, that Pascal Donoghue had, had a bigger issue despite it, it being a much smaller sum of money than Sinn Féin? Well, it was, clear, it was, clear, it was clearly apparent and acknowledged that uh, there was uh, there was services provided to Pascal Donoghue which were not included in his returns, and sure. he acknowledged that fact. Uh, uh, so, uh, Sinn Féin uh, are uh, maintaining that is not the case. Okay, so 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 that so that's not so Sinn Féin's financial irregularity is not an issue for you, just Pascal. No, I, well, I think we have to establish what the irregularities were if there were irregularities, but I, that 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 needs to be investigated. But if there's, we, we don't know at this stage what the irregularities are if there were irregularities. All right, well, thank you both for speaking to us this morning. We do appreciate it. That is Richard Boyd Barrett, there, People Before Profit TD, and Aubrey McCarthy, head of Teaglin Homeless Service. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.